broadcast to you live from the Sea of Tranquility, you're listening to the They Them Podcast. Hey guys, this is Moon Poet, and I'm speaking to you from the They Them Recording Studios and Toy Factory. I'm here to introduce a really special episode of the podcast where Whooping Cough has a really interesting and dynamic conversation with our friend Al, who is a trans guy. Hello, this is my voice one day on podcast. And we wanted to, well, you'll hear the rest of it. Since we do have to pay rent, we do have a commercial for you. This Sunday, at the matinee mini-movies blowhole bar Lumpy, Whooping Cough will be performing with their fully naked band, Stripper Witch, as an homage to the late and great Cameron Diaz. Among the songs they will be performing are flops such as Rabies, Blows Daughters Blows, We're the Beautiful Kids, That's Why We Have Chlamydia, Lego Manic E-Pub Success, Call Me Maybe, and, and. Don't miss out on this Satan-filled chemical burn of a night with Whooping Cough and Stripper Witch. A quick note to remember is that this interview was done a little bit before Al went on tea. Al has now been on tea for two and a half months, so the next time we will hear from him, his voice will be very different. And now, to the interview. We actually killed Moon Poet. You are Moon Poet. I, I am Moon Poet. I, <laughs> I did the face off, and I actually like just sliced their face off, and now I have it on my own face. <laughs> That's, thing. That's disgusting. Oh my god, what the fuck? You're a sick human being. No, that's not true. They're busy, and uh, we happen to have a friend in who is FTM. We wanted to have more of a perspective than just non-binary on this channel, and Al is just a really fucking good friend of both of ours. We wanted to compare AMAB versus AFAB and, like, trans guy versus non-binary, but also, like, assigned male at birth versus assigned female at birth. Anyway, Al's a theater major. Yeah. Yep. I'm your Al pal. Uh, <laughs> I'm FTM. I'm a theater nerd. I don't understand internet culture. I don't know what else there is to say about me. <laughs> we wanted to have him on here because it's like, it's pretty different, but at the same time, like, we have a lot of things in common. Like, I'm also, like, non binary, so there are, like, masculine parts of myself that, like, I like, definitely relate to. Like, it's, it's fine. I am a little bit masculine with, like, heavy quotes or whatever that means. But what is gender? Who what knows? What is gender? As, as the binary person, what the fuck? I don't know. Like, <laughs> What's the binary? The problem is that like, it's hard to say gender isn't a thing. Gender is a social construct. Like 100% it's not a yeah. thing. But at the same time, it is kind of a little bit of a thing. Because there are a lot of people who are binary and do it, like, experience that. And like to me, it kind of feels weird. Like This is part of why I wanted to have you on. I feel weird because like to me, like the idea of like subjecting myself to the binary feels like why I want to know. I'm very curious. 
I actually want to go back to the first episode, which was great. I loved it. I listened to it like four times. <laughs> but um, what I thought was super fascinating was about how you guys talked about how you both thought you were trans women before you realized you were non-binary. Yeah. And I thought that was super fascinating because I did the opposite. I thought I was non-binary for a while before I thought I was a trans guy. And I think... I think there was two parts to that. I think it was that at that time, uh, it like it was like a sort of a six month period, where I didn't know any trans guys. I I didn't know what that looked like, and I didn't think I could be masculine enough to be considered a trans guy. There was that, and then also like I just wanted to to feel like I was part of something. I didn't want to be completely alone. And so like most of the queer people I knew were non-binary. So I thought maybe I was part of this. Like I, I want to have a community. And yeah. and there was also a different part where I, the thing with me, which is different with uh, sort of the typical narr like uh, narrative of trans guys is that a lot of trans guys were super masculine from the beginning. They were usually tomboys or butch lesbians, and that was not my reality. I was very feminine, like as a, like as a child, like as a six year old, like I loved dressing up in Cinderella outfits, and I had everything pink, and like, cause I, I think as a child I genuinely liked feminine things, um, and then as I grew up a little more, I think I realized that I didn't feel totally comfortable in it, but. I felt that being a girl was a skill set. In order for you to be a girl, you weren't born a girl, you did the right things to be a girl. So you had to dress well, and you had to do your makeup well, and you had to have long hair, and you had to be very polite, and always cross your legs, and like, you know? Yeah, this sounds really like Virginia Woolfie, like, doing gender. Judith Butler, the queen of all queer theory, it's fine. But So, like, yeah. so it got to a point where like, I was in high school and I was miserable, because I felt like I had to keep doing these things even though I didn't like it. And so like for the majority of my life, I was very, very feminine. So I had sculpted out what I thought would be the perfect girl. I set out to be the perfect woman. And I think that part of me when I was questioning and I thought that maybe I was non-binary is because I felt like if I were to transition into a guy, I would be almost throwing away all like those years. Yeah. yeah of hard work and start from zero and that was terrifying that's super 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 interesting because like i feel like i am that like classic trans narrative of like as a kid like i did everything that i could to not be masculine and i just like i hated everything that was masculine i hated the fact that i was like sat with the boys and like had to go to the boys locker room and like the boys <laughs> bathroom asked if i liked cars and like when i didn't like cars people didn't know what to fucking do with me because they're like they're not gonna give them like like dolls like that's horrible and it was like i want fucking dolls like i, I had a lot of dolls that i stole from my sister because she hated them so that was a good compromise <laughs> but i feel like it's the common narrative to say that it's like overcompensation but i feel like it's more complex than that like we never give it enough credit for what it is because it's more than just being like I feel that there's like something icky inside of me so i have to like overcompensate and be super feminine i don't know what you feel about that like with my masculinity? Your femininity. My femininity. Yeah. Well, as a child, I liked I, I liked pretty things and I liked gla glamorous things. There was a lot of I remember there was a lot of points when I was a little kid like 6 years old where I would wonder what a typical day of a boy was. Like I would just wonder like 
what was it like to just like wake up your room wasn't pink and instead there was like cars and like what would it be like to play with toy cars with other boys what was that like like I, I was weirdly fascinated but I was just like oh that's just something cool to think about and that was it and I would just not think about it anymore and so like I think at that point I was fine with my femininity and then in high school I didn't really question it because I didn't think that femininity came from me it was something I had to do I feel like puberty always hits you like a motherfucker. Because, like... Oh, fuck I, puberty. Like, I, fuck puberty. <laughs> sucked ass. So, like, it sucks ass for everybody. But, like, like gender non-conforming, yeah. like, trans in general, it's just... it's Because, like, there's a certain androgyny to being a little kid. Like, besides genitalia, you kind of all look the same. It's very much gender is something that's some, that you have to put on a kid. And I remember that all the time people would ask me if I was a girl. Like, even with, like, short hair and stuff like that. And I liked it. Because it was just like, okay, so like the things that are making me masculine are the things that I like put on, not necessarily me. Um, mm. And like, I, like as soon as puberty hit and I started becoming perceptibly more and more male, um, like I like, it hit me like a fucking train, and I, like I didn't realize it, but I don't know. Like now it all <laughs> makes sense, and I'm just like, yeah, of course you were non-binary. Like of course it made you feel upset. Like you just wanted to stay androgynous and like have people still question whether or not you were a girl and like. You were only, like, pretending that that hurt you inside when it really didn't. You were just like, okay, cool. I, it, I never really had people question my gender. That's only happened now, that, like, I'll go into a public place and then the, I don't know, the cash register lady will, like, look at me like that math lady meme and be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like with the equations? Yes. And, like, gender confusion. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's never happened to me before. So, like, I wonder if, like, if that happened to me as a child, if I would be more comfortable with it. It's just, like, now I've always had a very clear script yeah. of who I needed to be. And, like, I've had to sort of make up my own script because people don't know what is happening with me. Like, they, I'm either an 11-year-old boy or a 21-year-old butch lesbian. <laughs> like, there is no in-between in that. And so, like, that's weird and that yeah. just gives me anxiety. Uh, so when did you feel like you realized that you had this, like, feeling of being different? High school. Else. High school. I I remember I would compete with the other girls because I felt like I tried so hard to be feminine. I I I like tried so hard to like have the best makeup and be the best at like look like having the best uh, like doing my makeup well and like being having like the best clothes and like I tried so hard. And all these other girls, they would do these feminine things, and it was effortless. They would just do it for fun. Like, who the fuck just curls their hair for fun? Like, and, and it made, like, I, I would compete with them, and it was like, why, why is it hard for me? And then I kept feeling like they could see right through me. Like, they could see that there was something wrong. And then um, prom was another thing where I... <laughs> That's so bad for my prom date. Oh, fuck prom. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> I don't even remember the name of my prom date. Uh, he was a freshman. I don't know. Uh, he had a nice watch. Um, <laughs> but uh, prom was another thing because I, I, I think at some point I realized that I did not connect with the person I saw in the mirror. I would look in the mirror and I'm like, that is an objectively pretty girl. But the way I felt when I looked in the mirror would be as if I was looking at a picture in a magazine. It was just a pretty girl, but that, that wasn't me. 
It was just some person. And so I set out prom to be like the most feminine I could possibly be, the most beautiful. And if I don't feel beautiful, then something has to be wrong. Because that was a thing that I never felt beautiful. I knew I was beautiful. I knew I was pretty. I knew like objectively, but I never felt it. So like I did everything in my power. And then it just, I looked in the mirror in my prom dress and the makeup and I, I was like, eh. like, I was just like, I <laughs> yeah. look fine. I didn't feel anything. And I think that's, I, I don't know. I didn't let it get to me because I didn't want to open that can of worms. I didn't know what that meant. I knew that I felt really out of place and I knew that there was something wrong and I had an extremely low self-esteem, but I somehow was not able to connect the dots. I thought that like my depression and anxiety was something completely unrelated. And so it, it was weird trying to solve a problem and I couldn't find the problem, yeah. you know? Yeah, like when did you first feel like you'd found the right label for you? Like when you figured out that you were FTM, you're a guy, like it's, like how... I was watching... Grew up, come about. <laughs> it was during Thanksgiving break, my freshman year of college. And I, I kept... Like, there was a little while where I, like, would sometimes watch a trans guy video and be like, hmm, that was interesting. And then I would sort of walk away and then I'd watch that some more. fascinating, most <laughs> exciting. Yeah. yeah, and then it got to, like, Thanksgiving break and for some reason I just kept watching, like, FTM after FTM after FTM video. And I just kept watching it more and more and I kept getting, like, more upset and I couldn't understand why. And I just... And I watched this one video of just Ty Turner just literally being like, this is what trans means. It just means that you don't identify with your assigned sex. Done. Like, <laughs> like that's it. And <laughs> I don't know why, but that sort of shattered my mind. And it was a very interesting first split second of like, oh shit, this is why I've been miserable since I was like 12. And then right afterwards it was like, oh god, my parents. Oh God, my friends! Oh God, everything's gonna change, and that was that was really hard to like swallow that pill. But I I knew that that was it because six months prior to that, I kept sort of trying on new labels, and I didn't have any kind of emotional response. I got to be like, maybe I'm bi gender. I don't know. Maybe I'm gender fluid. I don't know. But I didn't I didn't get that feeling of like a ton of bricks just hitting me in the fucking face. It's it's weird that like feeling of like. Clicking. And yeah. I tried to explain it to like non-queer friends who've never had to experience that before and like they, they like they don't understand the fact that you like it just clicks and you're like, oh shit. Like my life makes sense now. It's it's a very singular feeling. Like I, I can't I don't know, maybe I'm not a spiritual person. I don't know if there's some kind of similar thing with spirituality, but I honestly can't think of any other example where like that same feeling could pop up. I feel like people a lot of times have like talked about in my life like Christianity that way that like before they weren't like Christian or like I have a lot of people who like they would like grow up Catholic and then they like come to like evangelicalism and feel like evangelicalism just clicked for them like my grandpa was yeah. one of those uh, people so I, I'm sure that people experience this kind of thing with other things I've just only experienced it with being queer like I, I never experienced it with religion I never experienced it with anything else it just like my life like made sense when I figured out that I was like queer and everything that that meant and, and it's kind of expanded to me figuring out that I'm like genderqueer and poly and like which I think like kind of throws a lot of people through a loop the fact that like 
I figured out I was FTM, and then immediately I just wanted to start doing shit. Because yeah. it was like I had already spent so much time feeling like shit. Yeah. Once you know oh the God. solution, you're like, it's right here. Let's just do everything right now. No. And then you become incredibly impatient because, like, you can't do anything. I like, remember that, like, I think it was last year or the year before that, that you said something that just, like, kind of changed my life about everything. That you talked about, like, how you were, um, you'd just gotten used to being miserable. And, like, that, like, yeah. that phrase just, like, clicked with me so hard. And I was just like, oh, shit. This is why I hate going home now. <laughs> Because, like, I'd forgotten that I was just used to being miserable all the time. And, yeah. like, now that I'm not miserable, it's hard to go fucking back. In high school, another example of me realizing that something was wrong, I remember I wrote this, like, really depressing short story for my English <laughs> class. My teacher was very concerned. But um, it was basically, uh, it was this character, this narrator. I didn't actually put a gender on this character, and I don't know why. I just didn't think about giving them a gender. Um, who had sort of a, another character that was basically their personification of depression. And it was a dude. It was very obviously a dude. And this dude lived with this, the, 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 like the personification of depression lived with the character, and they just cohabitated. And they were just constantly together, and they were just constantly comfortable with each other, even though the depression was always abusing them and so like that's i feel like how i felt with that that i just learned to cohabitate with my misery <laughs> until it became normal like why wouldn't you know you know like why wasn't that normal yeah and then like later on i was like yeah like why did i make that character a guy like why did i make my depression a guy and it's like because my depression had to do with my like dysphoria yeah and i was like fuck like <laughs> No. That like, poor teacher was so concerned for me. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, yeah, there's so many teachers that I want to apologize to and just be like, hey, I was going through some shit. I had to write that. I'm sorry. Um, I feel like if I were to go back and explain, he'd be like, he's gay. So I feel like he would understand and be like, oh. Oh. I know that for me, there were people that helped me along the way to realize that I, that I was queer. Like, not even like by being supportive or like things like that. Like, I just like, I, I'm wondering who in your life was kind of there to make you realize and grow as a queer person. Definitely Sebastian. Because, like, I was able to, like, go to them and be like, I have feelings and I don't know what these feelings mean. I'm gonna just, like, word vomit feelings. And then they're like, it's okay, buddy. Like, <laughs> it's okay, kiddo. Like, I remember one time I, like, came into the room and I was upset. And I was just like, why can't I just, you know, take, like, a 30-day trial to be a guy and then, like, quit after the 30-day trial? Like, that is so trans. Like <laughs> that's, a, that's a little trans. <laughs> that's a big trans, actually. It's like, but, um, I have, I have a friend who uh, now identifies as agender, and I think they were sort of an inspiration because one thing that I would do which I feel really bad about is that sometimes like when I presented as female is that I would pick certain girls that were very good at being feminine. Like they were very good at like doing their makeup and I would sort of choose to be friends with them just so they can teach me these skills. And if like they fucked up it, like if they fucked up teaching me, then I could blame them. They were sort of my <laughs> scapegoat. Yeah. Like if I was bad at being a girl, I can be like, Oh no, like That's I'm not. Taught well. like, yeah. Like, fuck? yeah. Like I'm not bad at being a girl. It's just, whatever Christine or whatever was, was misled. Bad. <laughs> yeah. And so this friend was I 
it was, I don't know why, but this one particular day, uh, I decided to pick this person because they were not feminine. They were very gender neutral, very, like, um, what is the word? Androgynous. Yeah. And so I kind of used them as a scapegoat to be like, oh, and I now use the word dude and bro because this person says it. Like, it's not yeah. me. And so I think that kind of inspired me because I was... Like, they were just so free to do whatever the fuck they wanted. And no one really gave them shit because it was just the way they were. And I wanted that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that helped. Um, Obviously, like, YouTube, Chase Ross, Ty Turner. Bless YouTube. (laughs) Also, bless Reddit. Yeah. Because I was was able to ask a lot of questions that were just like me. (laughs) MySpace. Like, yeah, it's fine. R.I.P. MySpace. R.I.P. MySpace and Tumblr twinks and all the (laughs) terrible fucked up shit that goes there. How do you feel that you have been treated differently as you've begun to noticeably noticeably transition more? One thing is that, like, when I presented as female, I would get compliments all the time. Like, I... I, Because I dressed very well. And so, like, a thing that girls are socialized to do is to compliment each other. And that's sort of how you start conversations. That's how you spark friendships, if you want. And so, like, I would get compliments, like, seven times a day. That was normal. And now, literally, it's like, no one ever compliments me. I have to almost ask for it. Like, I'll be in a fucking suit. And I'll be like, don't I look nice? And then someone will be like, yeah, yeah sweet suit, bro. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> I feel like this is part of the fun of drag. Because, like, I feel like the only time that I get any compliments about the way that I look is when I'm, like, in drag and it's really noticeable that I am trying to do shit with my face. It's also the perception of femininity, which might, like, make people treat me as more feminine than they would normally, but... I feel like even when guys try, like, try to look nice when they're wearing masculine clothing, it still is, like, it goes sort of under the radar. It's not as impressive as, like, when a girl, like, really tries. (laughs) I I don't know. It's, It's interesting. So, like, that's one of the things. Girls, I feel like, don't feel as comfortable just coming up and talking to me. it's and then some guys I feel like it doesn't happen super often but sometimes I feel like guys will just small chat with me like while I'm getting water orange juice and that never happened before because it would be considered flirting and so it's interesting how I I feel like I, I could be wrong but I feel like I'm considered a threat with girls but I'm not considered a threat with guys and so that's an interesting Like, girls don't really know what to do with me. I'm, like, the stray cat that came into their territory. And, like, some of them have been pretty ballsy and try to, like, force me into these feminine social cues. And I'll respond badly to them. Like, no, I don't want to go to the bathroom with you. Please stop asking me. Like, no, I don't really want to talk about makeup. Like, let's, could we not? Like, and then they don't know what to do with me and they sort of panic. And then guys, I feel like, are more comfortable with just, like, talking about boobs. Because, like, they don't consider me a threat. Yeah. See, like, I, like, I've always had more, like, friends that are girls, usually. Um, because I think even before I realized it, they realized that I wasn't much of a sexual threat to them. I am pan, and I, like, I, I'm not very pan, but it's there. But at the same time, like, I think it's pretty clear that most of the time I am not interested in... in girls and like I'm not gonna pursue them and if I like compliment them it's just a compliment it's not me trying to get with them and if I'm comfortable with them like it's it's not really anything else so girls can relax around me and like I'm non-threatening I feel like that would be a really hard thing of like being like 
a lot more pan than I am. It's not, not that it's never clear when someone is just friends with you. It's just harder to figure that out, I think, because we're so geared towards, like, people who have the potential of being sexually attracted to each other will be sexually attracted to each other, and so, I don't know. In a way, it might be a blessing, because then, like, you have to, like, reevaluate, like, you know, genuinely, I might not be attracted to you. But, I don't know, like, for me, around guys, around straight guys, like, they've begun to relax a little bit more around me now that I'm a lot more flamboyant, and I, like, I am, I'm also the kind of guy who's interested, well, not a guy, but anyway. Person. Kind of person who is, um, more interested in queer-looking people, and queer-acting people, and, uh, yeah. people who don't conform to their gender, because, like, I don't understand how people can conform to their gender, and, like, my automatic, like, Grinder, I'm not paying attention to this guy, is mask for mask. And uh, even though I can be mask enough to be liked by those guys, I don't want that. And, and it's so boring to me that they're like, oh, I'm gay, but you never tell. And I was just like, fucking why? Like, be proud. I, I don't know. Be I, queer. Be queer. Be openly queer. Be militantly queer. Be angrily queer. It's also my own perceptions and, like, what I've had to go through and, like, how much I value being queer and how much it means to me to be able to be openly queer. Yeah, that's... But, yeah. That about being openly queer, that's... I'm kind of jumping a little bit in topic, but that's one of the fears I have on going on T is that I'll look cis. And I'm afraid that, like, I won't be perceived as queer anymore. And it's like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do then? What like with the label? It's like, no, quick, dye my hair pink. It's like... <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Like, I don't want to lose that. Like, because I've, I've sort of had... I've embraced that I'm kind of weird and people kind of don't know what to do with me anymore. And I, I very much identify with, like, the queer community. And yeah. I don't ever want to lose that. See, like, I, I feel like realizing that I'm non-binary has helped me be able to embrace the fact that I could definitely be into girls. Like, I'm afraid that it's a lot of internalized biphobia, where, like, I am so attached to the idea of being queer that, like, I, like, I wanted my first time to be with a guy. I wanted, like, most of the times that I, like, go out with people to be with guys. And, like, that, that might, there's probably, like, sexual attraction reasons for yeah, that yeah, yeah. as well. But, like, realizing that I'm non-binary and if I, like, transition to the, the place where I want to be, no matter who I'm with, I'm going to look fucking queer and I'm going to be fucking queer because there's more to me than just my sexuality. How would you expect, if you were going to, like, predict... Now that you're, like, you're about to go on tea. Yeah. Um, which is fucking exciting. And, I'm so like, fucking excited. I'm so stoked for you. Like, it's, it's terrifying. But, like, also, like, I, I'm so glad that you didn't have to wait any longer because that would have sucked. Yeah, I was already kind of falling apart. Yeah, I, you were. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, this summer has been rough. I don't know yeah. how much more falling apart I could take. No. Yeah. I, like, this is why medical advances are wonderful and Ooh. stop defunding us and <laughs> taking away our rights. Anyway, how do you expect... Like, people's perceptions of you will change once you pass, with quotes, more. My perceptions of myself just in general, or like... No, other pers people... Oh, actually, that's really interesting. How will your perceptions of you change like other once people, you begin? How no. they perceive me? Your perceptions of yourself. Oh! One, one thing that about T is that because I'm FTM and because I want to go on T and I want the results of testosterone, I feel like... I didn't 
really have puberty because I didn't have the puberty I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I'm just this 11-year-old kid. I feel like I'm just like I'm just always a fucking child and I hate it and I feel like I'm also very short, so I feel like other people perceive me as very cute and childlike. And so like one of the things with T is that I want to start feeling like an adult. I want to perceive myself as an adult and not like an adult and like a children like body like you know like I want to be mature and I want to feel like myself and so I feel like people will start taking me a little bit more seriously because male privilege and also I won't look like a literal 11 year old boy like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel like I don't know with male privilege I feel like people will listen to me more I guess they won't just be like oh this like feminazi <laughs> fucking hate that word yeah I hate the fact that, like, I'm taken more seriously as a feminist because I, like, am a male at birth and people are just like, oh, this person had to study this. And, like, like no. No. In the end, I'm an ally. I've never had to live as a woman. I never will. So that's a really interesting what you said about, like, being perceived as, like, an 11-year-old boy because I feel like I've aged too quickly because, like, when I put in makeup, like, I feel like I look, like, 10 years older than I actually am. And I feel like my, like, maleness makes me look older than I actually feel. And I think that's fascinating because I feel like I'm just eternally young and I hate it. Yeah. Like... No. And I feel like I'm eternally, like, aging really badly. And if I would ever, like, do anything to my face to make myself look more feminine, that I'm just going to look like a 35-year-old lady when I'm 23. And I don't know. That That's that's kind of terrifying. And part of why I would want to transition, like, like as far as, like, FFS... Is, I feel like I've never explained that term. FFS is facial feminization surgery. The reason why I'd want to do FFS is because I like, I feel like it would soften my features and make me look younger and not like this like old super male looking human in like lipstick. Like I, I want it to be a little bit more natural, a little bit more young, and I, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's real strange. I just don't want to look like a baby in a suit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. How do you feel your relationship with feminism has been affected by your realization that you're trans? I have to stop myself from saying things. I, I, I have to, I've, I've realized that I need to start being, to start um, showing people the voices of women instead of trying to be like, when I pre like presented as female, because like that, yes, I was put in this role. Um, and yes, I played the part, but I was never really a woman to begin with. I was never really a girl. And so like my experience is different. And so I need to sort of be more cautious about things like that. And so I've had to realize that I'm going to have a certain amount of privilege. And I don't, I, I'm, I know this is not going to happen, but I'm like terrified that like, I'm going to be like 40 years old. I've been on T for who knows how long. And I'm going to kind of forget what it was like for people to be sexist towards me, like sexism when I presented as female. And I'm afraid that I'm going to stop being feminist because I've forgotten what that's like. And I don't ever want to have that happen. I want to keep being engaged in the feminist community. I, I want to be the voices for people because like, not be the voices for people, but help people. Yeah. Like, because I've sort of felt both sides of the fence, you know? Yeah, yeah. Being trans kind of gives you an interesting perspective, especially, like, binary trans. Like, I feel like it, it gives you a really, really... Because people don't know what to do with non-binary people. Like, it's just kind of... Yeah. Like, it's a very, recalibration. 
all the time, which I really love, because then people are just treating me like a fucking human and, like, having to, like, think about who I am versus, like, what they perceive me as, like, masculine or feminine. But, like, when you're on the binary and you're trans and you've gone from one to the other, like, it, it's... I kind of lost the train of thought of what I was saying <laughs> halfway through. Um, I guess, like, it's more obvious that there has been a change in script. Going from one side of the binary, like, or being perceived as one side of the binary to the other allows you that unique sort of compassion yeah. that I won't ever have because I'm never going to be perceived as a woman. And yeah. I don't want to be perceived as a woman. I have only ever been perceived as a guy. Good example of that is um, the, kind of the complimenting thing where it's guys are never complimented. And so like when a girl compliments them, it's so rare that like you immediately are like, what, what does this mean? This, does this mean flirting? And so like they don't realize that it's just like it could just be a girl being nice because that's just not how these guys are being socialized. And so they, they latch onto that compliment. And then that the poor girl feels creeped out that this dude is now hitting on them and like she didn't mean that to happen. And like this poor dude has been sort of denied compliments for so long that like he just wants a little bit of affection. And so like I now fully understand both sides i'm like i feel bad for both like i i know what it's like to be hit on by some dude who thought i was hitting on them but really i wasn't i just wanted to buy chips please go away <laughs> like <laughs> and then i've also had like a pretty girl told me that my shirt looked nice and i was like fuck i guess i'm just gonna wear this shirt every day for the rest of my life because attention like that never happens i get it and i'm also i feel like i've i've also been able to see the bullshit on both sides like I, I see the cattiness that happens between you know girls who are bitches and like who you know like like girls when they fight and they're like they, they fight in a certain way and like I'm able to like see see through that and then I've also seen like guys who are like mad at each other and like they start like physically fighting and so like it's interesting that I really understand these two dynamics I guess yeah. You, a thing that I actually, like, just, like, put together is as a sign male at birth, like, male passing, whatever, um, who are, is also interested in men, mostly, um, there's a certain distance among gay guys. Because if we compliment each other too much, like, it's like we're interested in the other one, and we don't super know how to express our emotions with each other, because we've been taught that, like, emotions are a bad thing, and, like, I, like... I've literally stopped talking to people on Grindr because they complimented me and I thought that it was stupid. Um, toxic masculinity, it's, why? It's 100% toxic masculinity. And it's, like, things that I'm, like, figuring out, like, now. And I'm glad that I didn't, like, it didn't take me, like, forever to figure it out. But, like, I didn't realize that I was doing that. There's actually a certain camaraderie and really comfortable, like, genuine friendship with people that I fucked. Because, like, the reason why went to and felt really comfortable, like, as far as I can tell, is that um, there was a certain camaraderie because they've already fucked, so it doesn't matter, like, to show affection. That's fascinating. And, like, I've done, like, I do that with... And stuff like that. Like, I, like, I feel comfortable being a genuine friend with him because we've already fucked. Like, I feel comfortable talking to people that I've fucked as friends um, who are also men interested in men, because it's already happened. Like, the, like, worst is out of the way. 
and now we can just be kind of supportive. And, and it's kind of weird because I feel bad because, like, I, I feel like I shouldn't be these people's emotional support because then, like, I'm an ex or whatever. Like, maybe it shouldn't be coming from me. But at the same time, like, I, like, I need that genuine connection with people regardless of gender. And the only way that I've been able to find that with other, like, gay guys is by having already fucked them. So the, like, barrier is down and we can just be fucking friends. Because we realize that we're not actually, like, romantically compatible. Do you... That's super fascinating. I love hearing about the gay community. Yeah. I don't understand it. Because like, like, I'm not gay, so I don't I don't understand all these new... Like, I, I've never felt these nuances, but I think they're super fascinating. Yeah. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you think that part of that is the, the fact that, like, girls are not threatened by you, but they have not had the same experiences that you have? And so, like, you really want that camaraderie with, like, gay guys because they might understand you a little better? Like, is there sort of, like, that need to get the worst-case scenario out of the way because, like, you kind of need that support system because there's so little of you guys? Like, yeah, does that no, make sense? Yeah, for sure. And, like, I feel like it's strange me talking about myself as a gay guy because, like... Because you're not. I know, I'm not I know, I know. androsexual is the term that I'm looking for, but it's Wait, just, what does that mean? like, inter interested in men. Ah, okay, okay. Um... And, uh, like, so I'm androsexual, so, like, finding other androsexual people uh, who are male or at least male-passing or more on the male side of the binary, like, it's, it's interesting because, because it, it, it's this camaraderie, yeah, it, 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 I 100% is. I want other, like, gay guy friends um, because we've all had to go through shit Fr from just talking to people that I've like, slept with before, like, we get to talk about how, like, our parents have affected us, and, like, I, I don't, guy, his mom would, like, literally brag him all the time about being fat and ugly and stuff like that, and, and, and like, it's translated over to the gay community where we're so fucking obsessed with how we look, and I don't think any of us, some people do it, and they're just dicks, but, like, I don't think any of us care about somebody being toned or, like, having a big butt or, like, having a big dick or, like, as we're supposed to be like at least for me like I don't give a shit I find something attractive in most people unless they're just like personality wise creeps or really stupid or like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. like I like I, I mean, there's a naked person in front of you <laughs> if you arrange the situation for the other person to be naked you probably want to see them naked exactly like there's no reason to be self-conscious i'm so tired of gay men's body issues and like forcing ourselves to like go to the gym and like be fucking skinny or like fit into a certain mold and like ah, oh, you're part of the like honor the twink or the just be a fucking human and have a fucking personality like i wonder I see i don't really have lesbian friends like I know I know like two lesbians but I'm not really friends with them I mean same like I like I so like, I know a lot of like bi girls but not a lot of like lesbians so my question is because you were talking about like these boxes I guess that you like these categories in the in the male gay community and I wonder if there's similar things that happen in the lesbian community oh like yeah the, for sure and I, I I don't know I think that's interesting I wonder if there's that sort of thing in, I guess, every community. No, yeah, definitely, like, bull dagger, like, dyke, like, like, stone butch, and, like... You know way more terms than like, I do. I only knew, like, chapstick, chapstick lesbian, lesbian. And, like, um, no, there's, I don't know, there's a billion different types of lesbians. Like, it's, like, 
it, it's also like it's the same thing of like top and bottom of like being gay where like one of them will be more dumb than the other and like mm. when you're stone butch like you will never be penetrated like it's just mm. you're the one who's gonna penetrate the other person mm. um and it, it's just it, it's stereotypes but like yeah, yeah. no 100 percent lesbian community has a lot of the same things like it doesn't revolve as much around like body hair is like yeah maybe like the gay community does um and okay. they don't use like animals like the gay community does <laughs> as wonderful little illustrations of what we are i, I just know, really like, don't want back hair like i just like i already took my i already told my partner like if i get back hair and you want to break up with me because of it i'm totally okay with it okay. i don't blame you no. like <laughs> like i'm gonna look terrible <laughs> Yeah, no, I, like, I'm also terrified. Like, I would, like, very happily laser off from, like, my neck down everywhere. Like, I just, I, like, I just don't, I just don't want to look like a fucking Wookiee. Like, can we just, like, I just want a beard, and then that's it. Like, no, no shoulder hair, please. I don't uh, want chest hair, I don't want anything. Like, I'm I don't okay want with chest hair. hair, I don't want, like, leg hair, I don't want, like, general hair is okay. I don't want hair up my ass crack. That's, like... That's, like, the one thing that all trans guys talk about, like, whatever, like, uh, one trans guy's telling the other, like, oh, yeah, man, I'm gonna go on tea soon, the other one's, like, the butt hair. Like, they get all serious, like, like, they're thinking about, like, past war zones that they've been through, and it's, like, the butt hair. See, like, this is one of the things about fucking guys that has helped me a lot, because I realize that I find a lot of things that I would have found repulsing in myself super attractive in other guys. Like, butt hair. Interesting. Like, there are guys that I fuck that have a lot of butt hair, and I was just, like, like, I was so fascinated by it, and I wanted to touch it all the time, and, like, it's sort of a weird thing that we don't say, but we should, because people feel really self-conscious about that, and it's, it's attractive, it's not detractive. Is that a gay thing, or is that a non-binary thing? Because that, I guess that sort of happens with me, too, because, like, I don't like my chest, but I am attracted to girls, and I like, you know, I like boobs, but I don't like my own chest. I don't know. So, like, that's a weird, that's a weird situation I have with that, where, like, I ignore that I have that. Yeah. But, like, I am attracted to it on somebody else. Yeah. There's also, like, the fun gay rule of, like, you try to become the person that you're attracted to. And I've, like, I've done that in a lot of ways like my type is literally like colorful hair and painted nails and like here we are so there are definitely things that I want to be myself that I'm that I wouldn't want for myself that I'm attracted to in other people I want to be like sickly skinny and I have to like really like tell myself like don't do that because you had problems with anorexia and that sucked um and like you also have like dysmorphia that like makes you like it's like this little magic trick that, like, you put on a shirt that's, like, a size small on yourself, and you're like, this makes me look fucking fat. Somebody else puts it on, and it's like, oh, my goodness, so skinny, the shirt's so small. And, like, it's, it's like, magic. Like I, like, I put this shirt on myself, and I'm like, oh, I look like I'm 300 pounds. And, like, no, I don't. And I know I don't in my head, and, like, the fact that it's, like, this magic trick that, like, I take the shirt off, it looks tiny, I put it on myself, it looks huge. Like, I know that there's something wrong with my brain. It's hard. But... Like, I don't, like, I really, really, really enjoy other people's bodies. Like, if they're, like, heavier or, like, hairier or, like, things like stretch marks and, like, bodies feel nice. Like, people don't need to be self-conscious about this shit. So, like, this is my consolation for you about butt hair, is that I find (laughs) butt hair really fucking attractive. In certain situations, some people, like, 
it's also just some people. Like some people have really great butt hair, some people don't. It's like I hope I have great butt hair. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what makes the difference. To be honest, it's probably mostly like in the situation that I'm thinking of, like emotions that I'm attached to, than like actual things. That I love how we're talking about emotions and butt hair at the same time. Yes. This is great. I love emotions it. Emotions make butt hair. Amazing. No, also <laughs> some people just have amazing butt hair. I don't know. It's fine. It's weird. And Sexuality we need to talk about this. Like we need we need to like not have this thing where like you guys are like, oh, you need to like show all your hair. Like no, no, no. We have hair. Stop it. Fuck off and like get over yourself. Bodies are great. How do you feel, or do you feel that your gender has allowed you to figure out your sexuality? And if it has. Why do you think it has? It has. Uh, Same. So, in... So, like, of course, when I presented as female, for the longest time, I thought I was straight because I thought that was the only thing I could be. Then I, I, I came across the word asexual, which is that you don't feel sexual attraction towards anyone. And that really resonated with me. Uh, so I actually identified as asexual for two years while I was still identifying as female, um, because I knew I wasn't attracted to guys. Uh, like, that was a, a, a clear fact to me. And then when I tried to think about if I was sexually attracted to girls, I would try to imagine myself in a relationship with a girl, and it just felt off. Like, something felt off. And so I couldn't find a reason as to why it felt off. So I was like, I guess I'm not attracted to them. Really, it was that... I couldn't picture myself in a lesbian relationship because I felt wrong in the picture. Yeah. It wasn't the other girl. It was me. I couldn't stand the fact of me being lesbian. That just felt... Wrong. Wrong. So... <laughs> so, yes. And so, like... But I remember during high school, there was a couple of times where, like, I had dreams of being with a girl, like, having a girlfriend, and then I would wake up and be like, am I a lesbian? And then be like... <laughs> Nah, and then like, I'm like, nah, I'm not attracted to girls. It's just some crazy dream that I keep having, and then like, I just brush that aside. After I realized I was a guy, like a month later, funny enough, I was at a party with Sebastian, and <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian was like kind of drunk and like pulled me aside and was like, "You're attracted to girls, and you know it." And I was just like, "What?" And then like the next day, I try to like ask him about it, and was just like. So, did you really, you know, like, do you really think that? The, the thing you told me at the party? And, like, they totally lied through their teeth. And it was like, nah, I was just, you know, drunk. And then, and then it was just, like, a week later, I was like, you were right. <laughs> and they're like, I knew it. Yeah. But, um. Times when we self-deceive and don't realize it's fine. I don't know how I didn't realize it. Like, there were so many moments, like, I... 100% had a crush on like my childhood friend this girl was so horrible to me like she was so mean and like catty and like she uh, she she's the worst like she made fun of me because I decided to wear a skirt with sneakers once and she was like I would never do that and I, was just, and I, I like brushed it off because I just thought she was so pretty and I just really wanted to be her friend and I'm like no, I like I also feel really bad because I cut pretty people like so much slack. And it's just like, oh, you're you're pretty, so like it's fine. Yeah, like it's you not have... fine. You're being emotionally abusive. And <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. it's fine that like you're mean to me. You have such pretty blue eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, pretty people. Jesus, okay, and fine. like I love like the musical Chicago because of its 
like art form and not because <laughs> of like <laughs> the skimpy women on screen. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. No, I like see I feel like the like weird pansexual who like usually it's like the bio the like pansexual person like doesn't feel validated because like they're in a straight relationship and like they've never actually been with like somebody of the same gender but like they know that they're bi and it's just, like no 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 you're st- you like they are bi like of course y- y- all you have to do to be bi is to like realize that you're bi yeah <laughs> end of story and I feel like the weird exception to where I like like I figured out my sexuality and like that I was like interested in guys and that was just like so all consuming that I like I, like I've had relationship with girls that I enjoyed. Um, but I, like, I needed to explore this part of me, and so I've kind of gone, like, gung-ho, just guys, or, like, non-binary, more to the, like, male side, like, I, Mm -hmm. like, it's kind of been that way for the past, like, two years, and I feel like, now that i figured out that I'm genderqueer, I, like, I said this before, like, I, I feel more comfortable with the idea of being in a relationship with a woman, and, like, stuff like that and like I, I've realized that like vaginas don't phase me at all they're just genitals yeah it's just genitals like they all they're not for looking at they're for touching they're for like uh, they also just are fun to look at too and like I, I don't know it's been a weird porn journey where I've like realized that I like vaginas <laughs> anyway that's yeah. where we are no like I but, yeah. I mean I identify as straight with an asterisk like because like because w- like yeah. w- what are you supposed to do with non-binary people like if you know, like, I don't want to exclude that enormous group of people who are all very different. So, like, I'm, like, straight with an asterisk. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that, like, you know, if, like, I fall in love with a guy, then I fall in love with a guy and whatever. Who cares? Then I'll just start calling myself bi. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, I've changed so many, la- like, labels that, like, I... If I were to, in the future, change a label, that's fine. I yeah. don't see it as if, like, I was lying. Like, I don't see it as, like, when I identified as asexual, I don't see it as, like, I was lying at that time. That was just a step in the journey. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I were to, in the future, identify something else, and I'll see the labels that I have currently as just a step in mm-hmm. the direction that I needed to be in. Yeah. So, like, I fall in love with a dude, I fall in love with a dude, whatevs. Okay. But it is, it is sort of nice being with someone who's trans because, like, they understand, they understand what you mean when you say, I have dysphoria and I feel like I want to tear off my skin because I sound like a squeaky toy. Like, mm-hmm. they personally understand what I'm saying. And they know that you're not being dramatic. You, like, actually feel this shit and, like, what kind of, like, what it feels like to... Because, like, when I say that I want to tear off my skin, I don't mean that I want to tear off my skin. I mean yeah. that it feels icky. And, like, it, like, it's just this general feeling of ickiness and wrongness and, like, bizarro world and, like, I'm sitting over there and not here and, like, yeah. look in the mirror and, like, like, I, like, what you said about being, like, an attractive girl. Like, I can see that, like, I, like, I could be a passively attractive guy, but that's not right. Yeah. And, like, I, I would rather be an ugly, like, non-binary person than a super attractive guy. Like, yeah. Like, like, I'm currently freaking out about the fact that, like, I might lose all of my hair in two months. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, let's talk about tea. So, I guess basics. What happens when you go on tea is essentially everything that happens during male puberty. So, your voice drops, you grow hair in everywhere, 
there's usually acne, you get really horny, you get really hungry, you like want to sleep all the time, but you also want to like, I don't know, like climb mountains. Yeah, like you get pissed all the time, like basically all of those things. Um, Oh, and also um, growth in your genitals. Yeah, what about that? Oh, like, do you want me to talk about, like, my fears? and? Yes. Cool. So, I don't want to lose all my hair. Because, like, one of the things is that I, I love dyeing my hair crazy colors, but my chances of passing reduces significantly when it's a wild color. Um, and so, like, I really want to have, like, Dumbledore beard and then pink hair. Because, like, <laughs> there's no way I'm not, like, I'm gonna pass. Like, yeah. no matter what. And so, like, that kind of freaks me out that I might lose all of my hair. But whatever. I'll, I, again, I'd rather be an ugly boy than a miserable girl. Yeah. And, um. And, like, beauty fades anyways. So, beauty like, fades anyways. Yeah. I'm afraid of the acne because I had incredibly bad acne, like, the first puberty around. Accutane is not fun, kids. My elbows are permanently dry. That's I don't know. Like <laughs> I've never actually heard of like the effects of Accutane until you described it to me, and I was just okay. Like, so Accutane, damn, what the fuck? Accutane is terrifying. I took it for a couple months in high school. It was like two, two, three months, something like that. Um, but it's like super hardcore. It like changes like the chemistry of your skin. It's insane. Uh, I remember I had to like sign all of these like sort of forms saying that like I would take like three forms of contraception and contraception and like if I had a baby then it would be a cone like head baby and like I would know and I would like I would know that that's something that would happen and I can't sue like the dermatology or like the medicine if I had a cone baby and like they would show me a diagram of what my cone baby would look like to like share like <laughs> to really scare the fake. shit out of me no like, yeah. no no, 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 no. I, no I, it I... was in this booklet that was like bright yellow and it was <laughs> like fucking terrifying um don't have children (laughs) and then like i would have to uh i would have to go like every week to take a pregnancy test and a blood test because it also made my cholesterol levels like shoot up so like i i had to eat incredibly healthy also um it was intense like i like donating blood doesn't freak me out anymore because every week i would have to get a needle in my arm so that they can test my blood to make sure I wasn't, like, dying. Yeah. I haven't decided yet, like, if I'm gonna do tea in gel form or injection form. Like, now, like, right now I'm like, oh, yeah, I can handle injections. But I'm sure, like, if they hand me this, like, huge-ass needle and I'm gonna have to, like, do it myself, I'm gonna be absolutely terrified. Like, what's the difference between, like, the intramuscular one versus, like, the thinner... I forget what the thinner one is called, but, like, it's the difference between injecting it right into your muscle um, in your leg and sort of... um, And then the other one is, like, you're injecting it into sort of, like, your fat tissue... I don't know what is the difference between, like, the delivery of it, I guess. Like, if one of them is, like, faster than the other. Um, I don't know. Because, like, a lot of things just really depend. Like, some people um, do the injection once a week or, like, every other week or something like that. Like, so, I don't know about that. Gel is every day. You just slather this gel on your body. um, And then you can't really touch anyone who isn't a cis man um because like 
if I were to touch like a like a cis female and I had like testosterone still like on my hands, the testosterone would like transfer to them and it might fuck something up. But if it's like a cis guy, it's not enough that um, because like if you have too much testosterone in your body, it will change to estrogen. So if I were to transfer it to a cis guy, like it wouldn't be enough that it, it would be a problem. Yeah. But I also can't like touch my cat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so like. Cats can get a real deep voice. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, like all of a sudden they start like growing like a Bro. beard. Like. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Work. Um, Work. Should we talk about what I'm excited for, Auntie? Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm excited about a beard. I'm excited about my fat distribution because I. Like, I have big hips and a small waist. And, like, my hips don't change. But, like, it'll make my waist look, uh, like, more straight instead of, like, like an hourglass figure. Um, I'm, I'm excited for feeling at home in my body. Because I feel like there could be nothing actually triggering my dysphoria but I always feel like this minimal amount of dysphoria, just like existing. I, it just, it's almost like I know that there's estrogen flowing through my veins and it just feels wrong. And I just want it to not. Also periods, if they could just go away, that would be great. Like, please, please don't. <laughs> because I, it's terrible having a period because it's, it's your own body being like, hey, this, is a female body like it's like your body like knocking on your door and be like like hey fuck you hey <laughs> and like you try it and like it, like i i just want to like crawl under a rock and talk to nobody because i feel so miserable and i feel physically gross and i just want to take like 50 showers because i just i can feel like the dysphoria just oozing out of my skin and like it sucks when i would like like, I look like shit, and then, like, a cis girl comes up to me, and she's like, hey, you okay? And I'd be like, uh, period. And then she's like, oh, girl, I know what that's like. It sucks. And I'd be like, you don't, you yes. don't understand. Plus. Like, I'd be like, yeah. you don't understand. You don't, you don't feel like hiding under a rock for the rest of your life. And, like, you're not, like, blasting, like, transgender dysphoria blues, <laughs> like, <laughs> in your room as you're crying <laughs> and watching, like... <laughs> God like, bless blues. like, like oh it's not God. the same. Like, you feel like shit, but like, you don't, you don't feel the same kind of shit. What do you feel that you know or see now because you were trans that you wouldn't have known otherwise? I feel like if I were to be cis, I wouldn't know how gender roles are just so ingrained in our culture. Like, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would fully understand how important gender roles are in society and how, like, they're kind of bullshit. And, like, especially with, like, uh, especially because I'm Hispanic. And so, like, that those gender roles in Hispanic countries are different than the gender roles in, in an American culture. And I feel like if I weren't, like, if I weren't having to, like, hear other Spanish-speaking people not know what to do when they speak about me, like, yeah. I, I wouldn't have realized that. Because, like, it, it's so natural. Like, you're just so used to saying just gender words here and there. And I feel like when you have to face changing it or, like, trying to somehow find a gender-neutral 
version for all these Spanish words. Like, it's impossible. I'm terrified to speak Spanish anymore because I, I like, there's no way of misgendering my, of not misgendering myself. It, it, yeah. And it, like, uh, feels real weird. And it's so sad because, like, it's a, it's a language that I love. Like, this, like, there's the additional, like, being trans, like, me being non-binary, you being FTM, and then, like, being, like, Latinx. Yeah. Like, it's, there's the whole, like, very particular, like, Latinx, like, machismo. It's also just cultural. And, like, the fact that we, like, we live in the States, too. So, like, our families, like, like ne- not necessarily that, like, our, like, my family is mostly pretty far away. Mm-hmm. But um, we have family in, like, Latin America that grows up in a completely different world that, like, where the queer movement is moving at a different pace and in different ways and, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I always feel really terrified to go back to Mexico because, like, me being perceived as a gay guy even means different things there. Yeah. Like, even when I did identify as a gay guy, everybody expected me to be the, like, really, like, oh, chava, como esta? Like, tan guapa, tan like, 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 yeah, yeah. Tipo de que? like the really, like, fresa, like, super, super gay, talking about sex all the time, like, type of thing because, like, gay men aren't perceived as people. Um, in, like, like at least where I grew up, when I grew up. And it's gotten a lot better. It's gotten so much better. Because education, fuck yeah. I'm terrified to go back because I feel like I have to fit those stereotypes again, or, like, I'm going to be stereotyped that way. Um, but also, like, the idea of non-binary. I also don't have the vocabulary for it, because, like, how am I going to talk about, like, fucking Judith Butler and, like, performativity? Like, I don't know how to say There's not a word for genderqueer in no, Spanish. No, like, I just say, like, no be nadio. Like, I, I've also just, like, said genderqueer, like, yeah. Well, that's gender queer. Like, like, like. But it's like it, it, it's like doesn't translate. In English, so pronombres they them. Like, and it's like, what do you say? I don't know. Like, yeah. I run out of I, I run out of vocabulary, and I can explain myself really well in English, but like in Spanish, I'm just like, I don't know what to do. So yeah, yeah, being trans and not white. It's it's one thing that I felt, which is really interesting, is that like, I. Because I, I would use all the feminine, like, conjugations and stuff, because f- for the majority of my life, and then, like, now I've had to change. Like, there was a period where I kind of wasn't used to it, and now I use it more, but it's kind of funny, because now I feel like every time I use the male conjugation, it's not just me saying a sentence. It's like I'm saying a sentence, and then I'm like, like, I'm a man! Like, <laughs> got this? Like, it's not just, like... I'm going to go to the grocery by myself. It's, I'm going to go to the grocery by myself as a man. Bruh. Like, And, like, no. it feels like every sentence is almost, like, me trying to be, trying to start a conflict or me trying to, like, make a statement. And it's literally just me saying, I'm going to go to the grocery by myself. Like, yeah. like it's nothing weird. Yeah. But it's... It feels like a statement. Like, because, like, yeah. that doesn't happen in English. Because, like, you don't really use pronouns on yourself so like it, it, it's something that is completely from other people and so it's it's something it's that weird. you have to do like you have a lot more agency in spanish which is kind of cool but but it also sounds really demanding like kind of and you're the thing that has to happen and it, like if people see that you're stubbornly being like he him he him he him they're gonna realize that like call you she her is not okay i don't know there's some but, like, really shitty people out there that's, that's <laughs> like you can't do anything about people who don't want yeah no, that's to understand true. you like they have to be able to be willing to ask questions that are more than just like why do you think you're valid no like ask more than that like yeah 
That's kind of a stupid question because like literally I wouldn't be doing this if it didn't feel right. In my head and with certain people in Spanish I've used she her pronouns sometimes hmm. and that also felt really wrong because it felt disrespectful to trans women and it also felt like gross gay guy thing of like being like oh chava like oh puta como estas like, like that kind of like yeah. really like like really using feminine pronouns for everyone and everything I like the gender fucky aspect of it where like like gender doesn't matter and it's like you called me a girl like who cares um, but I don't like that's not what I'm trying to say like I like it it's nice as a political statement or whatever it's nice as a like funny like linguistic twist to make me sound more interesting but I need something that is gender neutral that feels authentic and I don't know how to do that and somebody's got to do it who's smarter and more linguistic than me yeah but until then I feel really awkward speaking in Spanish because I have to misgender myself I I feel really uncomfortable with like gender roles in in like in the environment when I'm with people who are Hispanic and it's like a very Hispanic cultural thing that is happening like I'm interacting with people because I because like I I never really had I guess like a an example of a good like male role I guess my dad was kind of a terrible person like (laughs) but even he wasn't very macho like he himself like considered himself different than all the other guys because he was an intellectual like because he didn't watch sports like you know and so like all i have is like what i've seen in soap operas and seeing like strangers and things like that and like i don't want to be those things like i still want to do the things i do now and a lot of those things are perceived as female like role qualifiers and so i feel like i i'm not allowed to exist as queer in these hispanic spaces i'm just not and so i feel like i I, I've been so long in these female roles I'll just put myself in it because I don't know where else to put myself because I feel like I'm trapped in this corner mm-hmm. which is really which is interesting because that doesn't happen to me when I'm in the United States and I'm amongst Americans I understand both roles and I've I play out the male role and then I tweak it to my personal taste yeah no culture culture is fucking weird like especially being like bicultural tricultural like it like i feel like it also made me realize at an earlier age that like gender isn't a thing and that like what is perceived as masculine in one place is going to be perceived as feminine in another place or like neither or like like there were very different roles for being a man in mexico than there were in the states and i realized that from a very young age And, and i feel like i discovered my like gender identity before I realized my sexuality because sexuality came in at like puberty when I like started being sexually attracted to people and uh, like gender was something that was way younger where I like I hated being forced to be a guy I hated like having to have short hair I would constantly like at school like hate my clothes I would hate the way that they made me feel I hated the way that they grabbed me I hate the ties I hate like, the fact that we had to, like, have this rule where, like, if our hair, like, went over our fingers, like, we'd have to cut it off. Um, if we were guys, uh, and literally all that I wanted was to have, like, long hair and be, like, like something that was a little bit more androgynous or, like, be more like the girls or, like, be able to at least choose what I wanted to be. Um, and coming back to the States where, like, I was allowed to, like, have longer hair 
um, and where I was allowed to be a little bit more emo, or, like, emo in certain ways. Like, also, yeah. emo changed from, like, Mexico to the States, because, like, I, I think emo lasted longer in Mexico, or at least, like, arrived really? later and hit more people. Huh. Because I, like, that's the reason why I was on MySpace, and I'm this young and beautiful. But, like, like, MySpace was solidly dead in the States when it was pretty, like, fucking active in Mexico. It was just different, and being bicultural helped me realize that a lot of things are social constructs that a lot of people don't realize are social constructs. Um, so I wouldn't train that for anything, but also it's fucking confusing. <laughs> and I don't, like, like I, I don't have the, like, privilege of thinking of one of my, like, personalities, the American or the Mexican one, as the default. Because, like, I notice a lot of white people, like, kind of assume that white culture is the default. Yeah. Um, and that, like, them being white is the default. And that, like, the default part of my personality is the white one. And that's not true. Like, there is no such thing as default. We're all socialized in a certain way. Um, so, like, I don't know about your experiences, but, like, being bicultural being raised in two different cultures like has shown me like that a lot of things are social constructs that I didn't realize and that was helpful too so like intersectionality <laughs> I don't know I sort of realized that but like very very recently like I I think I watched some kind of documentary about like some indigenous group in Africa or something I don't even know but they they sort of had this tradition where like um they made these sacred um shawls I think and it was like the men who painted out like the design and then like it was like the women who sort of like put them together and I thought that was very interesting because like I I guess I was so used to sort of like gender roles like here in Latin America that I was like why would men have any any hand in this like it's always the women who do creative things in society and so like that kind of was like why why is that why am I thinking that is such bullshit what the hell are gender roles like and so I don't know I think I've sort of realized that very recently which is like it's dumb I the thing with like you hating all the things that you were made to do as a as a kid there were things that I hated, but I thought everybody hated them. Like no, same. Oh yeah, my God. same. I was like, like, I was like, of course I hate wearing dresses. Dresses are literally the devil. No one wants to wear dresses. Like, yeah, of course yeah. I hate like having this chest. Everyone hates having to wear bras. Everyone hates having like these these bags of things on their <laughs> chest. Like, who would like these things? Like, so. Like, you know, like, who would want to be singing as a soprano? Who wants to sound as a squeaky toy? Gross. Like, everyone wants to be a tenor. Like, you know, like, I just assumed that girls just put up with all these things because of the patriarchy. And, it, like, everyone was just too shy to talk about the elephant in the room, which is that everybody hated having long hair. But, like, I had to realize that, like, there are people who love having long hair like you take away their long hair and they feel like you know they're taking yeah Yeah, and like to me it was the most liberating thing of my life to cut my hair like that was the first step of me questioning my gender cutting my hair Mm -hmm. yeah no i like like the same i assumed that everybody was like this and everybody felt fucking uncomfortable in their skin and yeah like who wouldn't feel uncomfortable like crossing their legs all the time and like (laughs) shaving literally every inch of their body like 
it still blows my mind. I, I have to try very hard to not, like... Impose transness on other people. Impose my own FTM on other people. Like, yeah. like I... Like, I listen to, I, I make myself follow these um, MTF, like, trans women YouTubers to sort of remind myself that, no, some people want boobs, some people want makeup, some people want these things, like, stop being so much in your head. And I think that also helps me recognize that it's, that it's not just me being weird, that I'm this way because I am trans. Yeah. I think that's part of why, like, I love watching MTF, like, no, FTM. Videos, other way, like because I realize it, it kind of gives me validity, because I realize that like there are people who want different things than what I do, and mm. it, it it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, there are other people who are gender nonconforming, and they come in all shapes and sizes, and like I like I I'm weird, I am different, I I like I I'm, I am not what I was assigned. And that's not weird, that's not different, that's just kind of a thing that I am and just need to deal with and need to figure out on my own. Yeah. Final question. What do you wish someone could have told you as a kid about being trans? I wish they would have just, like, showed me a video of Chase <laughs> and then, like, you could be like this. And also get me to somehow understand that gender is not a skill set. It's not a, like, you're not checking things off a list. You just are. These things are just things you are. I wish somebody would just sit me down and, and you know, and tell me that, like, it's never too late to start, to start being who you are. And it's okay that you don't know who you are, you know? Because I think that was one of the things that, like, I... I knew I wasn't being myself, but I didn't know what myself was, so I just did what other people wanted me to do. So I, I wish someone would have been like, try things. Just literally try things. Even if you think you might hate them, try it. Because um, I think that would have get me through it faster. I don't know. <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder, like, what if I had realized I was trans in high school? What if I had realized it in middle school? You know, like, what if... Because I, I feel... I know I'm not that old, but sometimes I feel like I, I came late to the party. Like... Yeah. Like, everybody's already figured out their shit, and I'm over here like, what? <laughs> so, what is trans? I feel so behind, like, sexually and everything, because, like, I figured it out all so late. And, like, all my friends had already, like, figured out who they were sexually and, like, gender-wise, like, way earlier than I did. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's, what? the thing is that it's all in yeah. our heads because there are, there are, I, I, the other day I saw a, a video of, a, like, a 70-year-old trans guy who had just started on T. Yeah. Like, it is literally never too late. You have the future in your hands. I think that was one of the things that, like, in high school I felt really depressed and part of it was I had this feeling of inedible doom like there was just this horrible thing looming over me and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know why and it was it was crushing and I think it was because I just couldn't stand like one more day of like living how I was and I I think part of me knew that I had to eventually change something 
because I couldn't I couldn't keep going like I just felt like shit all the time and so like I knew that like I had to change something about my life and so like I took away the doom I made the future mine because like before I would imagine my future and I I would imagine myself you know like maybe having kids but not really married like maybe I was divorced and I wasn't really happy and I would be like rushing around and be stressed and I would have anxiety and like I, I just imagined my future as stressful no matter what and like I, I would see myself in like a dress but it would be like my mom's dress it wouldn't be something that I would want to pick and then like now that I've decided to put future in my own hands I imagine my future like coming home from work and there's you know like my partner or my wife or whatever and like you know greets me hello and we make dinner together and there's my child and it's like daddy and like you know like it's it's a warm feeling of coming home instead of this stressful like and that was mind-blowing that like I can imagine the future as something pleasant yeah what the fuck something there (laughs) because yeah no for the longest time I like I, I could not picture myself as alive for five years and this is like it's been revolutionary that, like, I, like, I picture myself as being happier in five years, and that's crazy, that's fucking insane. Like, I never pictured myself as happier in the future. Like, it it just wasn't possible. I feel like what, I wouldn't want anybody else but me to tell me shit, so what I would do with myself is, first of all, like, come up and just give myself a hug. Um, Like, first of all, to just like let my kid self know that they're gonna be okay, um, and that like I'm as much as I'm ashamed of who I was, and that like hearing the name Blake makes me cringe inside, makes me feel sick. I'm proud of that kid. Like I I'm I'm so proud of how difficult it was to go through that shit and just survive, um, and I know how hard it was to not kill myself. Um, so I would just like <laughs> give that kid a hug. And I don't know that I would necessarily tell myself, like, hey, you're genderqueer, you like guys, it's fine. I I probably would, like, say that. But mostly I would want this kid to see me as somebody who's flamboyant and who's more confident um, and has, like, weird colored hair and, like, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) also is definitely better looking than I was as a kid. Um, I would want to see somebody who was comfortable being queer and I would want to tell him, like, if it was him at the time, I don't know, like, I, like, I know that I'd want to say, like, God shouldn't hate you like this. And I feel like that would have changed my life. If somebody had not told me, like, oh, God loves you however you are, like, that's not, that's not what would have been helpful. What would have been helpful is the phrase, God shouldn't hate you, because I felt like God did. And... God shouldn't have but yeah that's what I would do give myself a hug be like hey like I like this is me and I'd probably get a fake boyfriend and just be like hey this is my boyfriend <laughs> um, like I'll come along with you yeah and, and, and allow like this kid a little bit of time to realize that we were normal people and like not crazy and not anything that I'd seen on TV and not like these like weird like leather daddies that, like, gay people were, like, taught to me as being who had AIDS all the time, and, like, uh, and then I would just say, like, God shouldn't hate you, uh, and then probably give myself another hug and probably cry a little bit, and then this kid would wonder why, but, like, that's, I yeah. don't know. I also would want 
this kid to be more comfortable with physical affection. affection because physical affection scared me so much because I didn't understand it because I didn't know that I wanted it I didn't like realize how to give it or that I could be good at it so yeah I think it's interesting that you're you're proud of your kid self I'm I feel like I'm proud of like also my kid self like it's kind of weird but I'll like people who have only known me as trans like have only seen me as like how I am now sometimes I'll be like oh but you didn't know how I was before and I'll pull out like my pictures from prom and not because I want them to see me as I, I was um not because I want them to perceive me as a girl, obviously, but because I want to s have them understand how far I've gone. And because I was all, I'm also proud of how much shit I went through and like how hard I tried. Like I, I did the best I possibly could. And I'm really proud of myself that I was able to do that. I'm like, yeah. Like I'm always, I'm going to keep those really shitty Facebook pictures and I'm gonna show them to people, and like it's always fun having people be like, "Ew, like what? You have long hair? You look weird." I'm gonna be like, "Yup, motherfucker!" Like, this is why we transitioned. <laughs> yeah. And it's especially gonna be more shocking when I pass. It's 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 gonna look. It's gonna be more and more shocking every time, because more and more things will have happened in my journey. I'm really excited for tea. I'm excited to I'm excited I'm excited to sort of start my life and just start doing things for me you know I'm excited for the future to be a thing that's fun <laughs> yeah. yeah I think this ends this episode uh, Moon Poet we miss you you're beautiful you're diamond something about Linda Evangelista you're a model have fun but I love oh, you. For here. I'm so glad, like, we got to talk about this because, like, it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm I'm here. I'm sleepy. This is fun. I'm going to bed now. But what time is it? No idea. It is 1:28, my friend. Anyway, love you, you beautiful space monkeys. I'm leaving you there. This has been the They Them podcast. Oh.